like what is an achievement you have worried you'll forget maybe see now i can't remember them mm. i can't remember what i've done it's not mm. good i have to start thinking it down and uh, like okay what is the smallest win you've had in the last week my god the smallest win this is just sad my god i i think i'm someone who really needs a black document because i just live my life like a goldfish Bruce Lee says this utterly enjoyable thing showing off is the fool's idea of glory and he's right nobody likes the guy and he's not always but often a guy who situates himself in the middle of a party and enters into a monologue about his achievements and nobody likes the person with Forbes 30 under 30 in their Instagram bio but there's also the core human need to be seen understood recognized and thought worthy by those around us and when it comes to work there's material benefit money promotions growth that can be gotten with just the right amount of showing off so what is the right amount of showing off at work what is worthy of recognition and what isn't and what are some of the best ways to have our achievements seen understood recognized and rewarded and equally importantly how can we be mindful about the work we do we're always drowning in a flurry of tasks we get pulled into things on the go our days and weeks coagulate like a blur how do we take a moment to reckon with our work the challenges we're up against and the things we get done in spite of them how do we sidestep our own biases and the biases of others to see what we've really done This is Cost to Company, the Ken's weekly podcast about work and workplaces. We tell you what's happening in your workplace before you hear it on Slack. I'm your host Sneha, and this week we'll talk about that document that goes by many names and comes in different forms: the appraisal, the hype document, the individual development plan, the one-on-one meetings document, the self-appraisal. This is an episode about the brag document. Theoretically speaking, it's supposed to be in a company's best interests to recognize, reward and incentivize talent. Most businesses have some sort of mechanism to make sure it happens frequently enough, fairly enough, meaningfully enough. Some mechanisms are more familiar to us than others. So the process was pretty archaic, right? This is Ketan. Ketan manages marketing at a 2-year-old startup called Zaddle that's backed by Y Combinator and AWI. It's a hybrid and online event platform. I found that Ketan's a manager who leans heavily into his emotional intelligence in his managerial process. But you'll hear more about that in a bit. So somebody decided that you know this is an Excel sheet or a Google sheet and uh, these are the fields that we want you to know about and it would ask you all about what you've done over the past 1 year, right? So you will you would scramble through your slack messages or emails or your trello boards and do that whole process where you have to figure out what value you added and then kind of fill that form uh, you know it it took hours to fill that form because you know 
uh, you thought that a lot of people will read it they will pay due attention to it and you know you did your best and then you hope for the best right so uh, pretty much similar to what i have seen across a lot of companies uh, you know there are four or five fields where you have to justify your performance and your value to the organization and uh, what what were the fields typically so uh, there were things like what have you what are your top four achievements of the last one year or uh, where do you see yourself in the next year what are your goals what are your ambitions uh, pretty uh, pretty <laughs> free form uh, open random stuff like that it's the way most businesses do it and yet only the rarest of manager does justice to this process and come appraisal season it doesn't always amount to much ha yaar we have to do this so okay might as well get it done with and for the longest time right most organizations believed in that bell curve appraisal where even if you're good you have to fit into the middle of the bell curve because there's only 5% at the top or 5% at the bottom so you know you would generally avoid the 5% at the bottom but you know ha everybody's got 20% so chalo theek hai 20% types right and you know you would give it an effort ki ha 20 ka 25% ho jaye but most of the times it was kind of cast in stone but yeah, a lot did get miss out so for many of us the process of having a body of work seen and recognized still involves annually writing a series of rushed personal essays in an excel sheet and an understanding that even if the essays are eloquently argued it may not amount to much but if this is the kind of appraisal process you have it may help to remember that there are worse So in many years of being a journalist we actually had no system of appraisals at all This is Anu Bhuyan a former journalist now heading content for an athleisure startup called Bliss Club Uh except for this one time in this one job when I got an appraisal and I think it was a measly sum of 3000 rupees So that was actually really the only appraisal process that I'd ever had once before this and it was also not a process where we were part of the discussion on the appraisal like we were not actually it we were not asked to talk about the work that we'd done and we were not actually given any feedback from the organization at all either it was just a sort of you know like they give us diwali mein they give us like cadbury's chocolate so like that we once got 3000 rupees yeah and just to make you feel better we'll also let you into another appraisal process from hell so um i used to work at this pretty well known publishing company it was my first job i was there for like two ish years this is aditi aditi is a colleague and an editorial designer at the ken we'll let her tell you the rest so we were a team of about like 15 20 people and we had two managers both of them would uh, do this thing there definitely was an excel sheet on which like each person on the team would have a separate page and they would basically like uh, keep a track of every single mistake that you made um and then they'll like kind of bring it up during appraisal season the document itself was for recording like day to day mistakes that you made like oh she like sent this email out too late or this person like forgot to reply to something or like and it'll be things like oh you forgot to copy me in an email to the uk so in aditi's appraisal process the bar was perfection and the manager sat down an employee during the appraisal and listed with granularity and specificity all the ways in which that bar has failed of course most of aditi's colleagues either quit or all but quit nobody ever got a promotion nobody ever got a meaningful raise but even with better systems of appraisal we miss so much of the real fabric of work the real mark of talent 
like do you have is there a particular skill of yours that you feel like got missed in in those appraisal cycles so in an organization when an organization is growing um uh, you have a lot of these different teams you've got legal you've got finance you've got admin you've got you know tens of teams right we're back to ketan from zadl and uh, legal and finance teams are not easy to get work done from right because they have so much on their plate on an hourly basis that it's nearly impossible so one of my core strengths is that i can get things done from those teams because i go beyond that transactional thing right so how do you, i you capture make that you make friends i make friends yeah uh, that's that's my priority right i want to make friends first and then I, when i empathize with them and understand why they can't do what i'm asking for them right now they typically try to make an exception theek hai yaar acha abhi kar lete hain next time se dhyan rakhna so things get done but how do you bring something like that in an appraisal right Hmm. So yeah that was something that I've always felt are soft skills and it it's very underrated to get things done uh, in an organization especially if it's moving it's growing rapidly How do you capture empathy in your appraisal how do you document the softness with which you get work done asking people about their kids the work of keeping a team's energy high and spirits afloat sharing marginal improvements in process with colleagues the stuff that actually helps with business goals How can we have the small work we do, the emotional work, the work we do in affecting each other, seen, recognized, and rewarded? Yeah, correct. So uh, I'll give you example. This so, is Ashwin, who works in product at Misho. So I'm on the product side of things, and we used to do lot of variant testing, as you call it, right? When I asked Ashwin what his wins at work have been in the recent past, he could rattle them off fluently and confidently. He did not fumble. Recently, for example, he helped automate a system to homogenize groups in his A/B tests, a process that saves him time daily. His manager called it magical, and pretty soon his team members were asking him for the code. He also recently did a competitor analysis that was useful to the product team he works in. which he also explained to me fluently compellingly and in detail he made a useful suggestion at a meeting and his suggestion was appreciated and implemented by the team i, I was recently recognized for it okay so uh, they do this by quarterly uh, all hands in which they give some sort you know the company has our mantras like speed over perfection being user first first principle thinking so i got a reward for speed over perfection they announced it my name gave a certification so that you can post on social media and just you know have a sense of uh, pride ownership if ashwin is doing good work he's also having it noticed and he feels rewarded ashwin's confidence is informed it is valid and it is tightly presented and this is because ashwin takes his individual development plan seriously so we have this internal system called individual development plan and by the name of it you would recognize this as a framework to actually identify your competencies and strength but at the same times it serves as a document or a pager whatever you can call it to actually reflect and you know add the bullet points wherever you had those small wins and the things you promised yourself and to the manager before the start of a quarter let's say and basically when you go ahead and when you do that execute them you tell the manager and you have those documented with you you track the progress you update it ashwin spends some time on the document at the beginning of a quarter when he maps his goals for that quarter with his manager every two weeks after that he spends 25 minutes updating that document with his smaller wins ashwin began taking the idp seriously as a brag document 
because he'd seen his manager take it seriously and reap the professional benefits of it. He's disciplined about it because he believes it is important. I believe it gives me an edge over over anyone who is not updating because uh, you get to know your work first of all. Uh, you have clarity on what you have done, what you have not done. You before going to the manager and actually speaking, you identify yourself that what are the things you haven't picked up yet which are you are expected to do what are the things you could have done better what are the small wins you know you should be telling your managers so that clarity when you have it and uh, if you go ahead and present in a concise manner to your manager because he, we have a limited time on one to one as well and we can't just having the fun and laughs this new form of appraising employees informally and frequently in one on one meetings that are then captured in a doc is increasingly the norm rather than the exception by some estimates a third of businesses in the us have abandoned the annual appraisal and the new form tends towards more often and more casual and to be clear it's not just the silicon valley startups but established businesses that are making the switch adobe juniper systems dell microsoft ibm deloitte accenture pwc general electric have all ditched the annual personal essays in the excel sheet and replaced it with documentation that's more informal and more frequent this is ketan's process we call it a one on one uh, better meetings template better meetings uh, we have template. yeah we've introduced this on coda for the marketing team right and the idea here is that um, with my team i have a one on one every week and with my indirect reports i have it once every two weeks right so everybody's come prepared to the meeting we know we have these five things to talk about uh, we have these two or three blockers to solve uh, we have wins that we need to celebrate one on one and then with the larger team right so those things get captured and uh, you know it's it's a question of discipline it's more discipline for me to work with my team uh, than for them for for me to just leave it to them and say okay, okay you fill this and we'll look at it when i get the time it doesn't work like that The document that Ketan collaboratively co-creates with his reportees is Square's one-on-one toolkit and it's available on a software called Coda. This toolkit has six buckets. The first is the partnership agreement. The partnership agreement is between me and my minus one where we come to terms uh, and not just minus one even my indirect reportees where we come to an agreement on what works, right? There are some people who are early morning people and there are some people who are late night people so even small things like when do you want to do your one on one are you comfortable between this time or that time a lot of them have family responsibilities kids coming from school so you can't do anything during that lunch hour for instance i can't for instance right so we get on agreement on those things we get on agreement in terms of uh, what is your team's charter going to be what are we going to measure you on what are your expectations from me uh, what would you like me to support you with Uh, so that's a partnership agreement it has you know smallest things like the cadences of meetings to larger goals and ketan also does something that i consider genius he uses emotions as an indicator of accomplishments uh then we've got things like uh, one on one meetings and their templates and what we capture so any actionable gets captured there right and that one on one meeting starts with how you're feeling there's a question that says how you're feeling right and this is uh, you know there and are and what like, kind of responses do you get so this is a, we've kept it simple right because the spectrum of human emotion is so large that you can't really leave it open ended right correct 
So we have uh, things like I'm doing great because, right? I'm doing great because I've met my numbers for this quarter. I'm doing great because this piece of content did phenomenally well. It could be the smallest thing. Or I'm anxious because oh, I have a product launch next week and or, or I'm not feeling well, right? So we have that and it's a check-in question that I make a point to uh, ask every time. You know, that's the first thing we start with, right? Um, over the last two years, ever since we, you know, I moved to a completely remote job, uh, I've realized... If a reporter is anxious, then Ketan uses that feeling to document what the employee is up against. If a reporter is feeling happy, Ketan uses that feeling to document the accomplishments. Feelings are a lead indicator on what should go into the one-on-one document. And then there's my favourite component of Square's one-on-one doc, the hype document. The hype document is when an employee records all their wins, big and small. Okay, how often would you recommend updating the hype document? The Oh, as soon as possible. If you want something, just upload it there, you'll forget otherwise. And what is the smallest thing that we should remember to document? What is Because I feel like so much of it is like, yeah, yeah, you know, not a big uh, deal. Yeah. Uh, but taken together, it amounts to something meaningful. So what yeah, is absolutely. what do you think is the elemental? Uh, the elemental is, even if I say a job is well done, go ahead and put it, take a screenshot on it, right? And put it out there. If you're getting kudos on the back on, on one-on-ones with some other teammate, put it, put it on. If you've been able to solve a problem that you couldn't solve without purchasing, say, a plugin or a tool, put it out there, right? You've saved us money. So why not? So, I mean... There is not. There is no benchmark for what is the smallest thing. There is nothing. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too small. So Ketan's process as a manager is first setting parameters for engagement with his team, second, updating that one-on-one document with each member of his team, and making sure no win is too small to document, even the ones that take place externally, whether someone's doing interviews, getting recognized on social media, or by other platforms. Any learning someone is doing outside work that can be useful to the business goals. Everything counts. There's also a section on this template called Mentorship and Development where you can document the work you do for your team members in hyping them up, in giving them room and space to shine, in giving confidence, a listening ear, a safe place to be. Work that does benefit a business but usually goes unnoticed and unrewarded. What is otherwise known as emotional and effective labor Labor that is often, but not always, associated with women. Usually what we've seen is that the entire year has been fantastic. But when it comes to appraisal, oh, the economy is not working. It's tanking. External conditions. The company is not in a good spot. Because of all of that, the at the end of the day, the employee suffers, right? And which is not fair. If you do this on a regular basis, you know that there's been consistent performance. And one thing that we're doing, and we can do this because we're still a small company, is that we don't need to wait a year for an appraisal, right? Uh, all of us have a six months probation period. We can do appraisal at the end of those six months. We can do pro- appraisal at the end of nine months, ten months, whatever. It uh, largely depends on the one plus and you know what the, the one plus is the manager. We call them one plus, who is uh, you know in charge of the team or function, and they feel that somebody's done an exceptional job. They should be rewarded. Appraisals whenever you deserve it. Wow. If Ketan's is collaborative, Anu's brag document is introspective. Yeah, Sunday evenings is when I kind of ruminate on what the previous week has been and then make the direction for the week ahead. 
and while ketan thinks no win is too small anu only documents specific kinds of wins i think the the notes that i'm specifically making for myself is in terms of whether i have been able to bring structure in a chaotic situation i'm definitely looking at whether i've been able to put processes uh, for myself as well as my team that have made that has made work and workflow easier and where my team can also start feeling less pulled in all kinds of directions but more consolidated anu is adamant that wins that are procedural structural are the only wins she needs to document why is the you know the one time thing not valuable why does that not deserve to be documented and appreciated in the larger scheme of things uh, a one hit wonder whether it's in pop music or at the workplace like what can you do with a one hit wonder it it means uh, there's nothing reliable about that one hit wonder so one will have to either produce brilliance uh, at a certain reasonable frequency or uh, at least uh, offer maybe not brilliance but greatness and and offer that greatness and offer that excellence as often as possible often enough one hit wonders in anu's books don't count as a win only structural changes that benefit the business in the long run only those make it to anu's brag document which is to say that there are as many templates of doing the brag document as there are people making them but some core principles of the brag document remain consistent it can be as solitary or as collaborative as it needs to be to get done if updating it once in 6 months works for you that's fine if weekly works for you that's fine if once in a few years works for you that's also okay it can be as infrequent or as frequent as it needs to be to get done and you can put whatever you want in it and for whatever reasons it's yours and it just needs to happen i think documenting helps because a it's possible to lose sight of good things that you yourself have done and to save yourself in the workplace and let's say when you're on linkedin and it feels like everybody else is brilliant and uh, it's just good to know that you yourself might be great if not brilliant and also I think I watch LinkedIn very closely these days and uh, sometimes I see the kind of things that other people are willing to brag about and I'm like this is not that great but people are more than happy to brag about it and um, that tells me a couple of things it tells me that in a lot of ways I am very hard on myself secondly also I think that um Yeah like I said right like I can be very hard on myself in terms of what I think was has brought value to the table this unrealistic standard of excellence that I may have put myself up to is actually keeping me back in life and there are other people who will move ahead uh, by having done maybe less and uh, that's not fair to me and it's nobody's fault it's perhaps only my fault that I refuse to talk out loud um or brag about you know something that I have actually been able to demonstrate value in Much of this of course is gendered. Iris Bonnet, a behavioral economist at the Kennedy School in Harvard, has studied the self-appraisals of men and women, and she found that men tend to be more overconfident than women. One meta-analysis of 100 samples showed that while men perceived themselves as more effective leaders than women did, they were rated by others as less effective, and women tended to underestimate their own abilities. 
And when managers saw an inflated self-appraisal, it pushed up their own ratings. When a manager saw a low self-appraisal, it pushed their own ratings down. The self-confidence mattered. This is particularly painful and unjust because a McKinsey Women in the Workplace report from 2021 found that women managers were 12% more likely to provide emotional support, 7% more likely to have checked in on a colleague's well-being, 6% more likely to make sure workload is more manageable, 5% more likely to help prevent or manage burnout, and 5% more likely to help navigate work-life balance. That's the kind of difference that deserves recognition and reward. Yeah, whether it's in a in a in a in a small meeting with maybe just let's say person and manager, or whether it's at a public forum like um, a speaking event, or whether it's on a social media platform like let's say LinkedIn, I do think that men do not hold back at all from bragging about even their mediocrity. Whereas women will not even whimper about their excellence. Which is to say that while it may be in a business's self-interest to recognize and reward work, what seems to matter more is how we can advocate for ourselves, how we can document our work, be mindful and aware of it, and then take that conviction into a meeting about ourselves. And because men are naturally better for it for reasons that just run deep, if we really want to compete, and I'm truly sorry that it is this way, Women may need to do it with more discipline. And how how would you practice? What is the discipline of practicing self-evaluation and bragging? My view has always been um, that you do have to be disciplined about assessing yourself. And I say this as a person who even outside of the work world has just had a very... um, introspective way of life where you know journaling has been a practice of my life um therapy has been a practice of my life so these are artificial processes that you can can implement in your life to be more introspective right and to be more disciplined about that introspection this is all to say that whether you're a man or a woman the brag document isn't about having your manager think highly of you and pay you better though those are nice secondary consequences On the contrary, creating and cultivating and nurturing a brag document is a process of self-determination, of exercising autonomy, of closing the door on the outside world and saying, it doesn't matter how my business appraises me, how do I deserve to see myself? It is the first line of defense against a bad manager and a first line of attack with a good manager. It's about reminding ourselves of our own competencies. It's about remembering that we're connected to and depend on our colleagues and they in turn are connected to and depend on us. It's about sitting for however long, however often with ourselves and saying, I am your witness. Even if no one else does, I see you. This was a podcast from The Ken. This episode of Costa Company was written, hosted and produced by Sneha Vakharia with audio engineering by Rajiv CN. The theme music was composed, written and recorded by Sandunes. If you have thoughts, feelings or episode ideas, write to us at podcast at the-ken.com. If you like the podcast and want to know more, follow The Ken Web on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Don't forget to give the show a 5-star rating on Spotify or Apple and follow us wherever you get your podcasts so that you get a notification when the next episode drops. 
I'm Shrivar and next week I'll be speaking to you about the unique relationship that my generation Gen Z have with working from office and subsequently working from home. Contrary to popular belief, most of them actually like working from office. But they're not coming back even if they have the option of coming back because their colleagues aren't either. Anyway, it's a conundrum as one of my guests put it, it's a chicken and egg problem. And if that's the case, which comes first? We'll find out next week. Stay tuned.